the game. what you need to know. The National Football League has determined that the game officials that approached Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans after Sunday's game in Carolina were not asking for autographs. As it turns out, they were instead getting his phone number for golf lessons. Evans admitted today that he gave his number to Jeff Lamberth as both went to Texas A&M. Lamberth apparently passing the number on to a golf pro so Evans could get those swing lessons. Cowboys traded for Raiders defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. The Raiders get a sixth-round pick while also sending a seventh-rounder in 2024 to Dallas. Ravens tenor Mark Andrews didn't practice today because of his knee injury. Also not practicing for Baltimore, Rashad Bateman. A Russian court upheld the prison sentence to Brittany Griner, denying her appeal of the nine-year sentence. The court, though, did say that they would recalculate her sentence for time in pretrial detention and will instead serve eight years. Pelicans forward Zion Williamson out tonight against the Mavericks. I'm Dan. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? Broadcasting live from the 96.9 The Game Studio, it's time to go in the zone with your host, Brandon Kravitz. Welcome to the show. We are live on 96.9 The Game, streaming everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are in the zone. The show of the Orlando sports fan. Your host, Brandon Kravitz, back in the saddle today. Flying solo as Mike Tazi makes his way back from NYC. No doubt, still stewing over the Yankees sweep. But either way, I've got you covered until 5 o'clock. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for making us part of your afternoon drive, your routine, or whatever it is that you're doing. You can text the show, 50857. You are the third arm of this show, and we couldn't do it without you, so we always appreciate your participation coming up today you're not the only ones participating in this show we've got jason Beatty from orlandosentinel.com with the details on why ucf got blown out on saturday sam monson's pff nfl report that's at 335 and another sterling top five to come your way as well i was off yesterday nothing special just spending some extra father-son time with my kid who turns three at the end of the week which is really hard to believe And, I mean, he's not old enough yet to truly grasp the concept of really many things, but, you know, accountability would be one of them. I think it's starting to click. Say, hey, you know, if I throw this thing and my parents get mad at me, like, that's kind of on me. You know, like, that kind of thing is starting to sink in at this age. So it's kind of cool to watch that, that maturation process of a human. And the reason I bring that up is because if it's starting to click for my three-year-old son then it should definitely be more present in the teams that we follow at the professional level and even at the collegiate level. UCF and Tampa Bay. I didn't have a chance to get this off my chest yesterday, so here we go. What in the world was this weekend? Seriously. We thought that maybe for UCF this could be some sort of a trap game against a decent East Carolina team. So a loss would have been understandable. It would have been frustrating, but it would have been understandable. To get blown out makes no sense whatsoever. And it's one of those losses where I need someone to come to the podium and say, hey, that one's on me. No doubt about it. That is a finger-pointing loss. 34 to, uh, to 34 to 13, basically shut out in the first half. UCF kicked a field goal at the end to just get something on the board. I'm sorry, but if if it's on anyone... This one's on Gus Malzahn. 
His team played with zero consistency. You never know what you're going to get from his group. One week it's a loss. The next it's a great def- defensive effort, bad on-, on offense. You still get the win. The next it's an offensive explosion. You score 70 damn points. And then the bottom falls out. This team is schizophrenic. And that's on coaching. And that's what it was like at Auburn, too. You know, following him with everything that was going on when he coached that team. That's why they got tired of him. And I'm not saying that UCF should fire him. Like, we haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm just saying that if things don't change, if he continues this sort of trend where you look great for three weeks and then you, the bottom falls out, that'll be the reason that he gets fired eventually is the lack of consistency. And I know fans are tired of it. It's, it, you know, it's one thing if you don't have talent. It's a whole other thing when you have it and then they don't show up to the game. That cannot happen. And now Cincinnati comes to town, and all the juice for that game is basically gone. I mean, you you can still take care of business, and you can beat Cincinnati, and you can beat Tulane coming up. And, and you know, again, come Saturday, it'll still feel big. This game, 3.30 on ESPN, still feels like a big matchup, but it would have been huge for this program leading up to it. You would have had two ranked teams going head-to-head in the bounce house it would have felt like a massive game. Now it just feels like a big game. So it's a step back. And we were robbed of that. We were robbed of the massive appeal, the potential for game day coming to Orlando and all of those things because the the team chose not to make the trip to Greenville. Accountability. Somebody needs to take it. So let's point our attention to the other team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who relative to expectations going into the weekend – we're supposed to have a much easier task than what we thought for UCF. That's what the odd makers, odds makers would tell you. UCF, just a five-point favorite going in on the road. The Bucks were 13-point favorites by the time this one closed on Sunday afternoon. And yes, this is the NFL. You can lose to anyone. Uh, I would say that, much like UCF, the losing isn't really only part of the problem. It's It's really more about the way that you lose. The Panthers didn't just squeak by in a... Weird upset of a 1 o'clock game that's a lot of fun playing a a sort of any given Sunday type of outing. No, they dominated the Buccaneers. Rushing stats. 173 rush yards for the Panthers, 46 for the Bucs. Passing touchdowns. Two for the Panthers, zero for the Bucs. Third down efficiency. Panthers. Red zone efficiency. Favored the Panthers. Penalties. Favored the Panthers. Yards per play. You get the point. And who should be held accountable for this? Other than the obvious answer, which is everyone, because the entire team played like crap, Uh, a bad O-line, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans drops a 75-yard bomb, but to me it's a simple, similar answer to UCF. Number one is coaching. This comes down to Todd Bowles not having his team ready. You know, it's going to fall on the coach. He's the most likely guy to lose a job over a loss like this. But number two is Brady. And I know no one wants to say it, because he's Tom Brady and he walks on water. But sometimes what we see is as simple as the way that it looks. The Bucs feel like they are a disjointed team when you watch them. They feel like they're in constant chaos. They can't get on track. They feel slow. The chemistry is lacking in a big-time way, and that all comes from Tom Brady. So if we're going to give him credit, when all of those things click on all cylinders, like we have for the last couple of years, and largely like we have throughout the course of his career, but I'd say even more since he got to Tampa because we gave the Bucks none of the credit. 
we give Tom Brady all of the credit. Where when he was in New England, we gave it to culture, we gave it to Belichick, we gave it to the defense. You know, now Brady is Brady's the guy. They might as well change Bucko Bruce to Bucko Brady. We give him that much credit. So when you look at what Brady has has been really since March, Brady feels disjointed. Brady feels distracted. He feels like chaos, and this is reflected in the team. That's why Tazi and I said going into the year, this season feels like it has a really weird vibe to it, and we wouldn't be shocked if this season didn't go any type of way that the Bucks wanted it to. This starts and ends with Tom Brady. Back to accountability, he should own it. Hand up. I had not made life easy on my team. My waffling in the offseason, the lack of 100% commitment, it's showing. I'm trying to be a better human. I'm trying to be a better man, a better father. And all of that stuff is understandable. I'm not judging Brady as a person, but as a professional, he has affected the team dynamic. And that's not the only problem that they face, but is the biggest problem they face. And until they overcome that as a group, until he overcomes that, I don't think the Bucks are turning anything around. They play the Ravens this Thursday night. I'll be going to that game at Raymond James Stadium, and I'm really excited about that. It'll be the first time that I ever see Tom Brady in a building uh, play live, so really looking forward to that one. But first bet I placed this week, folks, Ravens minus one. I don't see how Tampa playing the way that they are is going to keep pace with this Baltimore Ravens squad. Coming up next, we'll take a deeper look at what's going on with the UCF Knights. Jason Beatty's Knights report coming up right after this.